Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. This is Nick. You can find us at hypercleanstore.com or the Hyperclean Specialist Group on Facebook. A lot of fun over there, guys posting all the time, guys and gals posting all the time in that group. A lot of fun stuff, cool to see everybody's projects, things they're working on, questions they have, processes, etc. So if you haven't checked that group out, I suggest you go over to the Hyperclean Specialist on Facebook. Let's start talking a little bit of the car world today. Okay, we have the UAW strike. Now they just struck at the large Ford truck plant. They basically have shut down all parts, manufacturing plants. Big, 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 big issue. But I want to start here. I see a lot of crazy rhetoric around this strike. Okay, oh, you know, the blue-collar man is fighting. And, you know, I side with the CEO and I side with the working man. And I, why do you side with any of them? I don't understand how we get here in the car world. This happens everywhere. I understand everybody's got to be fighting for something, but you and I listening to this and me recording this, we're the ones buying cars. We're the ones that need good service when something goes wrong with the car. Why am I on anybody's side? Most of these CEOs are taking huge paydays that they probably don't deserve considering the amount of problems every car they've built the last hundred years has. But what about the workers? They're the ones building the car. And of course, they blame everybody up the chain because it can't be them who screwed up the building of the car. But they want to tell you how much they should earn and all this money they should get in increases, but it's never tied to the quality of their work. So how about this? I don't think either one of them should be paid what they're getting paid or what they're asking to be paid. But that's the free market. I don't make the rules. They can make what they want, and I hope everybody gets paid what they feel they should be paid. I got no hard feelings, but I'm also not an idiot that's going to blindly support United Auto Workers or the executive team or a, a manufacturer. I'm going to tell you, within the last three weeks, you have a, over a million cars recalled between two manufacturers. 870,000 Fords have been recalled. The UAW deserves to get $300,000 a year's in, year in salary when they can't keep recalls under control. And we're not talking about your radio is going to go off. How about your emergency brakes just going to turn on when you're in the middle of the freeway? That might be a little dangerous, but you you should earn 300000 That's crazy. That'd be like us saying, eh, let's go ahead and just guarantee this doctor $300,000 a year. You know, he kills like a million patients a year, but seems like a decent dude. How'd we get here? First of all, government does what government does and doesn't step in and put things at bed when they should. But here's the funny thing. I believe earlier this year or late last year, the government stepped in and told the railroad union, you can't strike. We're not going to allow it. But they didn't do it here. I don't understand. Both are equally important to the economy. How did we get here? I have no idea. A bunch of incompetence, I know that, incompetence on the UAW, incompetence on the management teams of the manufacturers, incompetence in the government. And the only person and the only people that lose, let's be clear, are those of us that are driving cars everywhere. You got to get back and forth to work or you got to take your kid to a doctor's appointment or to soccer practice or whatever and your car breaks down, you're the one going to find yourself in a bad situation. Let me give you an example. 
one of the friends at HyperClean, Tyler, what's up, man? Shares this story with me. He's got a Dodge truck, a couple thousand miles on it, bought it brand new. Has a problem. Can't get it started. Has to ship it to his closest dealership, which is 60 miles away. What happens? Oh, yeah, we know what's wrong with your truck, but we're only allowed to order one part a week. So we don't know when we can fix your truck. So here's a guy who's got a family, doesn't have millions of dollars in 10 cars, but bought a nice, expensive truck and paid a lot of money for it. And the dealership doesn't think they owe him to fix it. That's their words, not mine, not his. How the hell could you feel good about yourself as a service manager, as a dealership, when you look at a guy who paid you $80,000 for a truck, $70,000, $60,000, $100,000, whatever the number is, and say, you know what, man, sorry, we can't even order this part. You're screwed. And take weeks to get back to you, to even tell you that you're screwed. The car business has always been dirty. Okay, let's be very clear about that. It's been dirty my whole life. It was dirty before my life even existed on this planet. It's a dirty business with people that don't give a rip. It's always been that way. Something's accelerated, though. Since COVID hit, we now have a complete disregard for the men, the women, the businesses that buy vehicles and just want to make sure that they work. That is a lot to ask the UAW. Hey, how about you try building a car after 100 years that doesn't have to be recalled five minutes into my ownership? I bet they won't put that into the contract. And we know management won't put that on their side of the contract because they've never built a great car. Same goes for BMW. Same goes for Dodge. Same goes for Audi. Same goes for all of these people. 100 years into building cars, and you can't build a car that isn't littered with problems. And here's the funny thing. You realize manufacturers always have the same problem. Chevys have always had a transmission issue. Trucks, cars, they've always had these little transmission issues. Some of them just blow up. How, how this long into building transmissions, do you, and some of them they buy from outside, they can't even get good ones then. Dodge has always had an electrical issue my whole life. I've owned Dodges. I've owned Chevys. They all have the same issues. If you've had the same issue for 35 years, how's it still an issue? BMW always has gasket oil leaks. Always. My whole life. Every single one of them. How's it still happen? And people tell me they're owed $300,000 a year. And executives tell me they're worth 30, 40, 50 million a year. You guys haven't built a competent, complete car in 100 years that isn't riddled with some simplistic or even worse, catastrophic issues consistently. I don't understand how we keep getting here. COVID was enough of a disgrace with the price gouging and the things. Look, Toyota and Honda aren't even in the union. And they have massive issues. You can't get parts for Toyotas. You can't get parts for Hondas. You can't get any cars on the lot. They're still charging all these crazy fees. Like, I'll give you an example. 
How about a $9,000 appearance fee on a Honda Pilot? They put a couple mud flaps, fill your tires with some nitrogen air, eight grand, nine grand. Well, we didn't put a markup on it. You gave me like $300 worth of stuff and you charged me nine grand. Why don't, I mean, at least give me the respect to tell me that you're marking up the price. No, we're going to get clever. National Auto Dealers Association, the UAW, the manufacturers, all they do is rip people off. All they do is rip the consumer off consistently for decades. Look, I don't know how anybody who's uneducated about buying cars can even afford to buy cars now. An average Ford truck payment's over $1,000 a month now. You know, take that to Dodge, take that to Chevy, same thing. I have no idea how any of this is going to be cleared up. They had an 18-month chip problem that now has been screwing up the marketplace for four years. An 18-month problem that's now screwed the market up for four years. Toyota and Honda, I don't even know what their excuse is. They seemingly, to me, on the outside, look like they're price-fixing this stuff. Are you telling me Toyota and Honda can't competently build more cars? And if the government was doing what they were supposed to do in the auto industry, which is regulate it, since we did lend them money in 2008 to make sure most of them didn't go bankrupt, if we were actually monitoring them, what do you think we would ask them to do now? How long do you think it would take if the president or whoever, the, the, somebody with some power in the government, walked into Toyota and Honda and said, hey, we're gonna, you're going to get more cars online in the next six months? and we need to see a plan, if you don't, we're going to fine you a million dollars a day for gouging the consumer. How quickly do you think Toyota and Honda would get a million cars built? Probably multi-millions of cars. But I hear the excuse all the time, oh, you know, to ramp up, you know, you don't understand, Nick. It takes six, eight months for, for us to approve overtime. And this, I've talked to these people. I got people I know that work in the manufacturing space. A lot of biggest Hondas are built five minutes from where I grew up. I hear all the excuses. Well, how about this? You're just not very competent. Or you're price gouging. Which one is it? Because there's not 50 options. Now, there's some light at the end of the tunnel. Stellantis, who owns Chrysler, Dodge, and Jeep, they got four or 500 days worth of supply. I don't even know why Stellantis is in a hurry to end the UAW strike. They got so much supply, I would assume they want the shit to go on a year. But what is the trickle down to everyone else? It's not only screwing you as the customer. Mechanics are going to get screwed. Independent shops. The mechanics working at dealerships, they're going to get laid off. Uh, you in the aftermarket. Tint, PPF, detailing, new cars. That stuff's going to start coming to a halt. And guess what? For a lot of people, if you go look around the internet and the begging for money and the begging for clients and the begging that's going on that you didn't see the previous four years, five years, six years, times have already hit certain cities very, very, very hard. And so the reason I'm pissed off about this is because I work in, an, in the industry. You guys work in this industry. If you are a car guy listening to this, and every two years you want to go upgrade your car because you worked your ass off to get in that position 
and now you're paying 20, 30, 40, 50,000 dollars more for that car that you love, it's hitting you. Now reminder, nobody feels bad for the GT3 market. Those guys can pay whatever they need to pay. Right? Like my rich clients, this stuff doesn't matter to them. But middle class and upper middle class, they're the whole thing is collapsed on them. You got people massively underwater in their car right now. People 40, 50, 60,000 dollars underwater on their car loan. Look, the banks are starting to, to, to inform everybody that they have massive defaults on their hands, that people can't afford them already. But it trickles down to us. The mechanic that's really worked his ass off to be a great mechanic is going to be cut on his hours because they can't get the parts. I don't even know how this is legal. The government will step in and stop the railroader, railroad union from striking, but they won't stop the parts distribution at least. At least make sure that parts distribution stays up because if your car breaks down, you should be able to get it fixed. That is not an unreasonable request. So I don't know how anybody listening to this is pro-UAW or pro-management. They're both screwing us. Your car breaks down and that's a part that's tough for them to get. You're SOL. We've heard from people that own Toyotas, from people that own Hondas, Chevys, Dodge, doesn't matter, BMW. These things have been hit. You can't even get your car fixed. The government, the UAW, and the management teams of these companies don't give a shit. Oh, we're going to show them we're owed 300000 on the line uh, putting parts together. How about you just build a competent car before you start demanding things? How about you build a competent car before the CEO makes $25 million a year? Like, people are really scared to say this out loud. Most of this stuff, most of the cars, most of the trucks that you buy have the same problems they had for those manufacturers 25, 30, 40 years ago. How's that possible? And I'm supposed to feel sorry for all the people involved. I don't want to see anybody lose their livelihood over this. But now you're screwing with my money with my car getting fixed, with being able to get my kids to the store and my kids to this and my family. Like you're going to see cars start to pile up. They already have. Dealerships are actively telling people to come pick up their cars. Hey, we got too many cars here and I can't fix your car. You're going to have to put this in your driveway. And dealers are going to play like they're not a part of it when they've basically largely been a big part of the mess the last three to four years of gouging customers and still gouging them in the Toyota, the Hondas, certain, you know, special cars from, from Chevy or wherever. Like, this is unbelievable. And it doesn't look like, by all accounts, they're even trying to make a deal. So think about this. If they were to make a deal today you still wouldn't get ramped up. All the parts suppliers to all these manufacturers, they've already started to lay off staff because the parts suppliers are not owned by Ford and Chevy and Dodge. Those are independent companies. 
So once they stop producing cars, all the other companies that supply the manufacturer have had to lay people off. How long is it going to take everybody to get ramped back up? And not to mention, you're one of the people, part of the massive recalls that have come out in the last four to six weeks, you're not going to be able to get your car fixed. Good luck to you. Hope you don't have one of the screwed up ones. I'm not even sure how this is legal. With all the oversight government is supposed to put into these big organizations, other than it's what we all think it is. Unions crooked, management's crooked, government's crooked. How do you support any of them? Like I said, I'd be all on the union side. Let me, let me ask you this. If you were in the union and you wanted to have the most power, like it seems like they do, why wouldn't, when you put out a vehicle, because this is what I always hear, okay? I, I got a bunch of U, UAW people that I know, and I've had great discussions with them, and I want to make something clear. I'm not against the union. I'm not against anybody. I'm telling you, I don't like any of them. I don't like the management. I don't like the UAW. I don't like the government. I don't like any of them in this situation. It's not about supporting anybody. I'm not supporting any of them. But I talked to a few of my buddies in the UAW, and I said, you know, here's the thing I don't understand. If you guys want to show me how competent you are, why don't you have record of all these things that you know is going to cause a recall? That way you can look at the consumer and say, hey, we told management this was going to cause a massive problem. Here's all the documentation. Here's all. If all that stuff was public and you were doing all that, nobody would be able to bargain against you. But here's the truth. You don't give a shit if the car screwed up. Not your problem. I put in my eight hours, I'm out of here. Because remember, it doesn't matter if you're talking about a union or if you're talking about management or if you're talking about government. Most people are average to below average of what they do in this world as a career. Point blank simple. That's why it's called the average. So the reason they don't put on record, hey, we told management this was going to break and cause a million recalls is because they actually don't know it. And you have people who have been working in the factory 20, 30 years. They still don't know what fucks up cars. You got management that have been at Ford 25 years. They, don't, they still don't know how to build a car that doesn't have massive problems. You realize that if all the houses in America were built with the same amount of problems as you see in car manufacturing, you'd have a house blowing up on your block every week. House built in the 60s, blow up. House built in the 90s would blow up. I mean, the shit that keeps happening in the car world and is allowed to go on is bizarre. But all of you detailers out there, all of you tinters, all of you PPF people, this is all coming down on us. Aftermarket parts, doesn't matter, man. All this stuff is coming down on us. It's coming down on the consumer. We're the only losers here. The UAW is still paying these guys a weekly fee to strike. They got a they got a, a a strike fund. They're able to pay, I think, the people five or six hundred bucks a week for the next six months across their organization. Management doesn't seem to be in a hurry. The government doesn't seem to be stepping in. The only people that get hurt are us. The guy's not on the inside. All the consumers. I still think one of the things that's going to happen is with Stellantis, with Chevy, with Ford, 
it's going to be a better time to buy come the end of the year because they're going to need to get the 2024s on the lot. And so they're going to be liquidating whatever they have left. And in Stellantis's case, they got a ton of inventory. But I think one of the things we just don't talk about and we just don't say is, when's this going to end? And how does the government allow parts manufacturers and parts supply parts, part suppliers in the distribution centers for all manufacturers to even, how are they even allowed to strike? You don't allow the railroad union to strike. They should at least be able to fix cars on the road. And it's completely out of hand now. I have no idea when this is going to get settled. I mean, I would assume before Thanksgiving, but I would assume it didn't, wouldn't take this long. I figured the government would start putting pressure points. And I mean, don't even get me started on Toyota and Honda that, the incompetence, it looks like price fixing at this point. Otherwise, it's just incompetence. It's one or the other. I don't know why anybody would buy a new Toyota, a new Honda. I wouldn't give them my money. Not with the price gouging going on. Not with the 58 people with their hands in my pocket from distributors to, 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 to dealerships to, to the manufacturer. Everybody's in your pocket. I have no idea. So I'm going to talk a little bit of business on this. Because we've been hearing rumblings from different parts of the U.S. where guys are struggling a little bit. What I would do, what I would think about. You gotta, you gotta tone down all the noise around you. If you're a business owner, or you, you're, you're an employee for a business doing a great job, or wherever you are in your career, you gotta block out the noise. There's a lot of bad news on the television, right? You got war in the Middle East. You got the UAW strike. You had the UPS strike. You have this. You had. That stuff doesn't, you, you can't do anything about those things. When it comes to getting through this type of stuff, you just have to keep your head down. You have to build your plan and execute your plan to the best of your ability, and you have to be adaptable. There's a lot of guys that get really rigid during these times, and if you get really rigid now, you're going to drive yourself out of business, out of a job, whatever the case may be. I'm not rigid at all. We're doing a lot of things in HyperClean, a lot of things in VR. We're moving around. We're understanding what it's, what's going on, what the future holds. You know, it's like I want to see a lot of guys spend a lot of money to come to SEMA. I think that's awesome. When SEMA's great, it's great for me. I get to meet a lot of you. I get to hang out with a lot of you. I get to have important business meetings. It's great for me. I'd say the vast majority of people coming to SEMA are probably in a position that they really should rethink that. We got another detailing show coming up at the beginning of the year. That's not looking very promising. But now it's time to buckle down, put your head down, cancel all the noise. Stop watching the news. Stop doing this. Stop goofing off. It's all you can do. Because times are getting tougher. Are they, you know, in the world? No. You'll get through it. But the people that get through it block out the most noise. They're not watching some idiot tell them how to make a million dollars on the internet. They're not doing, they're not taking advice from this person that doesn't know what he's talking about. If you don't block out the noise, you can't let the valuable in. And that's what I find becomes the biggest thing when I talk to people. You can go on any detailing Facebook group and see the amount of noise that is created by other human beings that you could ingest into your brain, into your ears, into your eyes, if you so choose. And it's not productive. 
That's one of my biggest things in this industry. I watch a lot of people talk. Very few of them actually have done what they're talking about. That's been my biggest gripe. It isn't that somebody's a bad guy or a bad girl or whatever. It's like, why are you talking? Why are you creating noise about something you don't know a whole lot about? There's a big reason I don't talk about brain surgery. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I do know this business. Not perfect, but I know this business and I know what is noise and what is valuable. But for those of you getting your start or young into your career, you have got to fight the noise because it can become absolutely brutal. It's like, you know, if you're one of those guys that watches the news, whatever channel you watch, turn the news off for a month and see how good you feel because you're going to feel a lot better. I'm going to leave you with this. One of the most interesting things that's happened in my life, about 10 years ago, I stopped watching, stopped listening to the news, 10 years ago. And at that time, all my successful friends and and colleagues and customers thought I was nuts. That's fine. I just said, it's just not for me. It's just a big television show. I'm out. Now, when I talk to those same people, there's more people than ever saying, successful people, that they're unplugging from the news. They're unplugging from the negativity. And those are the most successful people that I know. And in layman's terms, what they're doing is they're turning off the noise. They're focusing on the things they can control. They're focusing on the things that can help them build their company or make their career better, allow them to be a better team member, allow them to be a better owner, whatever the case may be. But this UAW stuff is going to strike us all, plain and simple. You're going to have a lot of freaked out people when they realize they can't get their car fixed. And that's, that's essentially happening today. And we got, I got bunches of stories about it. I got customers in a situation right now. I got friends in the situation. I got colleagues like we, we talked about Tyler. So at this point in time, you got to be flexible and you got to turn the noise down. If you do that, you're going to be fine. You don't have to get rich quick scheme. You don't have to get scared. You don't have to panic. What you have to do is turn the noise down and be adaptable and flexible to understand the moment in time. The guys continually trying to hit a home run during this period are going to lose. Find a way to hit some singles, some doubles, some triples, and the occasional home run, you're going to be just fine. The people that don't freak out right now or the people that are going to make it through come out the other end with more money, more success, and more opportunity. So don't let this stuff become noise in your head that takes you off the path of building a company or being a great employee or whatever the case may be. Because everything in the end will work out. But you got to put your head down and you got to cancel out all the noise. Guys, I hope you have a great weekend. We'll see you on Tuesday.